0: You are now listening to the Q&E Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you want? I'm coming in again, damn it. What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Edgar on the other line. I tell the people what's good
1: what's up everybody welcome to another episode of the q and e podcast Uh, we're gonna give y'all um all the latest basketball news from all-star weekend a lot of our takes on what happened um we we got some hbc uh excuse me hbcu news for y'all and some entertainment and current events so nothing too heavy this week It's, it's been a pretty light week
0: Yes, sir. And uh, if this is your first time listening to the q and podcast, we do have five segments. We have our sports segment, Two Wild Wednesday. Social media wants to know entertainment, the current events, and past the OX. So definitely stick with us throughout this episode. We also are going to do our mid-season NBA awards, so definitely stick around for that. But the first thing we're going to talk about this week is NBA All-Star Weekend. Obviously, that was the big talk of the town this week because that was one of the worst All-Star Weekends I've seen in a very long time. Shout out to Matt McClum because he his performance really uplifted everything because the dunk contest was looking pretty ass for the last two years. So his performance definitely did uh, the dunk contest justice. But everything else was just terrible. I mean, from the skills competition to the uh, rising stars, we had a weird format that I really wasn't rocking with. And then going all the way into the, the All-Star game, everything just felt weird and nobody really was engaged as you regularly would see with all-star weekend so what was like your biggest critique out of everything that you've seen over this past week
1: i honestly didn't even really watch all-star weekend this Mm. year um did i watch it why was that though was that more
0: so was it it wasn't promoted or you just wasn't excited for it or this past years
1: well the promotion for it was terrible i think i don't think they did a good job with promoing it um the weeks leading up um the star power just wasn't hitting to me like there were stars in the in the all-star game and there there were stars out all this this weekend but it just i don't think we got enough energy from the players being hype for all-star weekend that we're usually used to seeing and i forgot who said this it was a clip that i was listening to but um i meant to save it but it was a clip i was listening to earlier this week and The person was basically saying, you know, oh, it was a it was a clip about Kobe or it was a Kobe clip or something like that. And somebody was saying that it really is a shame how stars don't want to play in the All-Star game anymore. Or if they do play, they play so lackadaisical and we're getting like damn near 200 points put up, bro. Like, that's insane. That should not be happening. I don't care if it's the All-Star game. I don't care if it's, you know, it's just supposed to be a fun exhibition game. Still play like you're playing in the rec league. Like, I forgot who said this, but they were basically saying, you know, during the off season, when y'all playing the rec gyms where there's no cameras or nothing, mm-hmm. y'all ain't got no problem going all out then. Some of y'all best basketball stories or when no cameras were around and y'all went all out with each other. But y'all scared to do that when it's cameras? Y'all scared to do that when we can critique it and really see who the best of the best? That's what it's all about. That's why we loved when Kobe did it, when MJ did it, with AI, Kevin Garnett. You know, all these people who did it and did it with such a ferocious mindset of, yeah, okay, we here for fun, but we still here to win. I'm still here to get this dunk contest trophy. I'm still here to, you know, be the MVP of the All-Star game. You know, so I, I just think the effort and the energy from the players is just off, bro. Like, I didn't like it. The the um, the um dunk contest with Matt McClung, it wasn't even close. He was clearly the winner. They could have gave him the trophy after his first dunk, honestly. But, you know, for the sake of competition, we had to let other people continue. But the, the weekend in total was just trash, bro. This was the lowest ratings they've ever received for All-Star Weekend, bro. They had less viewership than the Pro Bowl. And the Pro Bowl was flag football. Like, that's a problem, bro. And I keep seeing more and more people, shout out to Derek, because Derek tweeted this, more and more people are going with the idea that I've been giving for the last three, four years now of one-on-one tournament. Do a one-on-one or three-on-three tournament and put a million-dollar incentive for whatever player or players win these matchups to get people back in that competitive spirit.
0: I think we can get the competitive spirit back. And I think people have been going too far back into – in terms of like what they want from the All-Star game. I think we've seen a competitive All-Star game like a couple of years ago, like the year after Kobe died. That wasn't that when it was like, uh that, that was, was when Kobe was died.
1: That was but still, we've
0: seen competitive Kobe All-Star died. games leading up to that game too. I think it was one or two years where it was lackadaisical. But most of the time, if the game is close, bro, them niggas is playing hard. It's just these new niggas now ain't playing hard. The whole game was no defense. It was just layups, just lack- lackadaisical shit. Even when they had a chance, I think it was... uh. Team LeBron was the team that was down most of the game. Even when Mm -hmm. Team LeBron had a chance to come back, they still didn't play any defense. They still let uh, Team Giannis win with a game-winning three. Nobody tried to get a rebound. It's just like the niggas have no pride in this shit no more. And that's more so what the problem is. I feel like we had more pride until these last few years where it's like, where did that go? And that's why I think something like a a one-on-one tournament can't work. Because I think players got too much pride in this shit and they're afraid of getting exposed, dog. That's why we don't really see a lot of one-on-one matchups, even in these All-Star games. When we seen that shit against Tatum and Brown, that was probably the highlight of the All-Star game. We should see more of it. But I think a lot of players are afraid of getting exposed for being whether whether that's a bad defender or they can't get loose on somebody who's known as a good defender. These players are afraid of getting exposed in front of millions where the whole world is watching. So that's when a one-on-one thing comes to coming to play is kind of like, I don't know. Maybe if you get some young niggas into it, it's like, okay, maybe the young niggas will do some one-on-one shit. They don't give a fuck how they look. they just trying to put, get their name out there. Like they're just the dunk, trying to
1: get out there. They're
0: just trying to get their name out there. If you get some young niggas in there trying to get some one-on-one, cool. But if you want to get some stars, because people keep saying, telling me we want more stars involved in the dunk contest, or we want more stars involved in, like, these competitions. I don't know if that's going to happen. Them stars are going to show up for the All-Star game, bro. But before that, them niggas not going to show up. And honestly, they never did before, bro. To keep it a real with you. Like, even when we think about the early 2000s, it was always up and coming players that played in those type of skills competitions, three point. It was always the up and coming players. Like when D-Wade was young, he was doing it. When LeBron was young, he was involved with it. It was always when you were young. Y'all want LeBron being a- But
1: you're still naming stars though, bro. Regardless of whether you're young, <laughs> in the middle or old, we're naming stars like yeah of yeah. course if you if you but like were, i said a lot of
0: people are scared of being embarrassed in that same aspect too i'm telling you niggas pride is affecting them in this oh yeah I,
1: I totally agree that i totally agree with that and i hate that i hate the fact that it's like that yes of course people get criticized way more now than they did back then due to social media due to the fact that you can see everybody and hear everybody's opinion but bump that bro you're playing sports you're you get paid millions of dollars to play with the highest level players in this sport. So, yes, you are going to get exposed sometimes. Yes, you will be the one exposing people sometimes. But it all comes with the game, bro. Like, I, I don't, I just can't rock with that. I can't rock with the mindset of, nah, like when I love Jaw, but I hate the fact that Jaw just completely shut down the the dunk contest thing I'll never be in a dunk contest. Like, bro, you do some of the most crazy posterizing dunks in the season and in the postseason even if you don't ever do it don't just straight up tell us that you're just never gonna do it like because you put a bad light on yourself with that because you make it sound like you're too good to do the dunk contest like well, and, she is. and that's just certain well,
0: well, 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 how, with how where we're at with where we're contest? at in the dunk contest competitions bro he's too good for it. He is too good how like too, i said how are you too good for he's it? too good for the shit because he's a high level player he's the best player on a contending team bro them niggas have never been a part of dunk contest bro i promise you they have not if you're a contending if you're on a contending team who have we seen on a contending team play, uh, 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 don't talk about 2001 my nigga. We're, we're in a completely different era 20 years later come on bro you when the last yeah, time even, you seen a real star when the last time you seen even, a real star in a dunk contest I don't
1: even gotta go two thousand one, two thousand. Um, I forgot what year it was, but with uh, with Dwight, when Dwight did the Superman shit, that ain't that ain't thirty years ago. Now that ain't twenty years.
0: Dwight, ago. Dwight Duncan, that ain't like no damn. Jada the dunk risk ain't the same, bro. And we see that Jada got a, a history of getting injured when it comes to that freak injuries happening. Why am I risking myself with some competition shit? It don't make sense because for Jada to do a dunk is part contest. Of the sport. Injuries why? Why am I? But, bro, the dunk contest don't matter. If I'm going to get injured, I'm going to get injured playing a game, bro. Not doing a competition. Well, that, y'all that's why enjoyment. it's
1: dying. That's why this. That is dying, why it's bro. dying. But I can't. I can't like, blame the players oh, for that. I can't blame like, the players the for the that. Shit.
0: That's it's not a part, part of the shit, shit, bro. That's not part yes, of the it is. shit. Is injuries are part of the Did you see LeBron get hurt in the All Star game? Did you see Giannis get hurt before the All Star game? He couldn't play. These niggas are not going to risk their bodies for an All-Star game, bro, because this is not what's important, bro. Is that unfortunate? Yes. But these niggas care about the real season. These niggas care about the playoffs, bro. That's the that's the real goal. Is that unfortunate to us? Cool. But them niggas care about the bottom line, bro. Them niggas want to win championships. Them niggas want to make deep playoff runs. If we get injured during the All-Star game, you niggas is going to have like, "Oh, damn, you niggas should." Because think about it. If John would get injured in a, in a dunk contest, who are we blaming? Are we gonna say? Or uh, what are we gonna say? Are we gonna say, "Damn, Josh shouldn't have been in the dunk contest. Why did he go in the dunk contest?" That's the first thing niggas gonna say if Josh get hurt in a dunk contest. But now y'all y'all want him to be a part of it, but y'all not thinking about the down downside part of it as well, bro. We it's, always it's we
1: always have to think about the downside. Nah, bro. Of
0: it. You niggas ain't thinking play, about. If you want Josh you to be a part of it, you're not thinking about the downside. Millions
1: of dollars to play a sport where injury is possible. But this it shit is optional,
0: bro. Point. This shit is optional.
1: I'm not, I'm not trying to make it sound like he just has to do the dunk contest, but the fact that stars get to just use this cop out now, no, I ain't trying to get hurt when stars back in the day, never used to get hurt. I get it, bro. Not everything has to be like back in the day, but damn, like we, there's no sense of tradition with anything now. Like we just get to scoff at tradition with everything. Nah, bro. That ain't cool. That's why niggas love Kobe mentality, bro. Kobe literally said, These niggas I don't do not care. have Kobe
0: mentality. And And that's what this is showing. This is what this is showing you. No, because one nigga has Kobe mentality, bro. bro. Bro, we can't just throw Kobe mentality on all of these niggas. One I'm not nigga throwing has it around one. like
1: they're just on Kobe's level, but the mentality of I'm going to play my artist nigga, and I'm going to give niggas a show, I'm going to put bro, on a show for these people. Everybody I don't, got, got, that do well, everybody don't that got that mentality, bro. Well, the fact that just because nobody have it don't mean at least 10% of them shouldn't have it. Stars yeah. should have it. Okay, the whole league ain't got to have Kobe mentality. You still got Westbrook's we out there? At, but the people we look at as the best players in the league, or at least the top fifty players in the league, yes, I'm looking at y'all to have that mentality. Yes,
0: ah, bro, not no more. Bro. Um, I'm That's looking at is. the
1: best of the best players to have that mentality. And the if fact you, that we're if just you if you're, if you're gonna say that, that they don't, I don't rock with that.
0: If you say that, bro, you are gonna have to put more on the line. If you want somebody like. Uh, these all-stars now to actually compete in an all-star game, you gotta put something on the line like that's why I said court. put a million dollar incentive down for the, the money is not broke. these niggas make it 250 Ms. Them niggas okay, don't care about Put a, meals, put a bro. health put a health insurance
1: policy, put a pension, put oh, them whatever niggas, benefit oh yeah, you them want. Niggas
0: got cheese. I'm saying like some shit like it's gonna actually matter when it comes to championship success. I'm talking about like home court for the NBA finals. That's what you're going to have to put on the table for these niggas to actually play in an All-Star game. They already
1: get to do that stuff with the seeding. When? All all that happens with the seeding. No, but I'm saying
0: them niggas are not going to play. That's why they're not playing in an All-Star game because they're worried about the seeding during the regular season. You can't have it both ways, bro, where you want niggas to play hard during the All-Star game and want niggas to play in the regular season. Did that shit work 20 years ago? Yes, but we're in a low management era and niggas got to get used to it, bro. Niggas ain't going to give their hardest for an all-star game, bro. That shit is scrap.
1: That shit is scrap, you bro. You ain't, ain't got to give your hardest, but damn, not trying at all? Come on, bro. You you love basketball, bro. You can't tell me this shit don't hurt you watching this shit and watching oh, yeah. how lackadaisical this shit is. Oh, yeah.
0: The whole, the whole game being played like that, bro, was embarrassing, bro. I would I would completely agree with you that. I understand. You being,
1: ain't, ain't got to be you no hard-ass play, play to yeah, where yeah, yeah. you ain't touching the 100, but damn, like y'all this just is letting people shoot layups y'all are just letting people go by but you. This, you not playing defense the whole game come on bro i can't let that slide we but this we goes back can't let that
0: slide but this goes back to the regular season too because we see the same shit in the regular season we see the same principles and they bleed into the regular season of niggas is not putting pride into what they are doing i watched the entire game of milwaukee versus the clippers I seen nobody, no real player guard Giannis for the whole game. Giannis ended with 50 points, dog. They didn't switch Kawhi or PG until on um, Giannis until he had 50, bro. I about to
1: say to the these, end of the game, these, these niggas matter. had
0: no pride in the shit. Why are you not telling your coach, bro? Giannis is going crazy. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get on him. I gotta slow him down. You know what I'm saying? Cause obviously this is gonna have some impact on seeding. But these niggas waited until he got 50 to actually make a change. These niggas ain't got pride in this shit no more, bro. Unless that shit got something to do with the playoffs, bro. When the playoffs come, it's a, whole, a completely different ball game. But the regular season, we're starting to see that shit bleed into the All Star game of niggas not having pride in what they do, bro. And that's a problem. Unless you put something on the line like a a home court advantage for the uh for the finals, niggas is gonna continue to do this shit, bro. I'm telling you. Especially with everybody being so young, it's no OGs really. It's like, dog, no. we're going to keep getting and, this shit.
1: And one more point about it before we go to the next topic. It would be different if this low management era was helping us when it came to injuries and seeing people in the postseason how has this load management shit helped us at all when it came to injury? It feels like more injuries are happening and more people are sitting out and missing more games before all this load management shit. So how is, and and shit, it could translate to football too of how players are just getting more injured when we have more technology, we have more health advancements, like we have better medicine now than we had 30, 40 years ago. So how are we giving y'all more time off and we're giving you more pay, but you still getting hurt just as much. That's why That's why I don't rock with this load management shit, bro. Because it's like, no, it's different if you do load management during the whole season and then we see you take off in the playoffs. But you do low management for half or a third of the season, And then you still get hurt in the playoffs or you still get hurt before the playoffs. Come on, bro. That's why I got the issue with no y'all don't get to just sit out no more because Adam Silver, he's still an advocate for all this low management stuff because he feels like it's going to help preserve the players. But the data does not show that. I know numbers ain't everything, but there's something. And the data that we are getting, the amount of injuries that we can go through and check, like where's low management helping for real? What? You're not Mm -hmm. getting hurt. You're not getting hurt as frequent but you're getting hurt just as catastrophically you may not get three injuries but you may get one injury worth all three of them so yeah. come on now that's my thing. No, I
0: agree with that. No, I definitely agree with that point because the, the stats definitely back up your point on that one too. And I think Stan Van Gundy ended up tweeting up something like that of like how the load management era definitely has hurt it. Yeah, because people that. are people aren't going as through as much rigorous training during the offseason to prepare themselves for an 82-game season. They're more so preparing to only play like 60 games this season because they know like they're not going to really play back-to-backs. They know they're going to have their breaks here and there. So they're they're not training themselves for 82-game seasons. And that could honestly wear on them come playoff time. Some of the the people who play 82 games are gassed by the playoffs. But some people who are not playing 82 or playing only 60 games are not prepared for this, like this load still because they haven't prepared their bodies in the the preseason and during the offseason, bro. So it's a double-edged sword, bro. I honestly don't know how we go with it, where we go with it. I don't know if shortening the season is the solution but i
1: don't know i used to say short i used to say shortening the season will help but no bro because now you're it's still going to be the same thing if a player misses 20 games in an 82 game season okay now they're just going to miss like 10 to 15 games in a what you call it season in a 72 game season they're still going to miss the same ratio of games it's just going to be ones in a longer season ones in a shorter season you know, and I forgot who said this. Uh, it might have been Stephen A or somebody, but what if we make it to where you can only sit out home games because you have majority of home games in your schedule and when half you go and half. The, well well half and half when you go on the road, you gotta play. If you're able to play, if you're able to do shoot around and this down the third, and you're able to play for real, you gotta get on the court if you away. If you home, like those are people who get to see you frequently. But the people, when it still comes down to the fans, too, and the attention and the ratings and whatnot. What about the people who want to see you, who you only play once a year? Like, I told you I wanted to go see Ja and the Grizzlies when they came to play Orlando. They only play once a year. So I, that was my one time to see Jaw. What if I would have went and Ja didn't play? It's like, damn, bro, I done bought this damn ticket. You know, I done came all two hours out here to Orlando and you ain't playing? You the only reason I'm coming. I'm not coming to see the Magic. Mm-hmm. So... Hey, it's just shit like that. So,
0: yeah, but yeah, how to fix the rest? of all The rest of All Star Weekend was kind of trash too, bro. Like I said, Rising Stars. I feel like going back to the old formats in terms of the competition will be best too. I feel like even when it comes to the All Star Game, going back to East and West and just having Make that pride shit into and it. West. Make that exactly. shit East and West again, because honestly, that draft shit was kind of whack to me too. I, I wish it was done in a different format. But in terms of the Rising Stars, I wish Rising Stars went back to rookie sophomore. I like that you're trying to change it up, Adam Silver. You're trying to do something different, but we're seeing what, what making it different is doing. It's just fucking the shit up for the viewer's experience and the tradition of shit. We've been seeing this in a certain way for so long. Now you're changing it to make it fresh, but you're honestly hurting this product now. Like the skills competition was terrible. Why are why is the skills competition in teams? You see they had yeah, like three different categories, sense. like shooting is passing. It's like, why is it so much now go back to the old format at a skills competition will be way better it was way more exciting with the old format just go back to that you're trying to change shit for the sake of changing it and it's not making the product better in if terms of the competitions bro, don't fix it don't fix it don't fix it bro for your competitions that's what it got to be for the dunk contest matt mcclund saved the shit. but in a couple of years when matt mcclund is done with this shit, we're gonna have the same complaints about oh the dunk contest is cooked because other than him it was nobody else who impressed. It was Matt McClung and his shit to lose. So it was, I think you got to start going with professional dunkers. I like that they grabbed him from the G League at the time and made him a contestant. I think you got to get to the point where you're starting to grab niggas who are just like professional dunkers and making them a part of it so we can always be engaged and see shit that we never seen before. Like that 540, I don't remember the last time I seen a 540 dunk. And the fact that he pulled that off on his first try too was clutch and that's something that you get when you when you grab people from other places other than the nba bro that's the product you get so i think that's something that the nba has to start looking to as well bro but it was a cook product this weekend bro it was cook. and moving on to the mid-season nba awards man so we're gonna go through the MVP, coach of the year defense player of the year most improved y'all know all the awards man so we're gonna start off with the most valuable player man who you have for the MVP of this season
1: uh, so my original pick before the season started, I picked John Morant. Uh, but right now, mid-season, I got to go with Luca, bro. Luca has been the saving grace of the Dallas Mavericks, keeping their playoff hopes um, alive as far as where they're seated at the moment. Uh, he's been going crazy, getting 30, 40 points in his sleep damn near every other night. So I got to go with Luca right now. He got a, He got a great duo partner next to him. Hopefully that can boost their hopes of getting to the finals through the West. I think it's Luka this year right now for midseason.
0: I would honestly go with Giannis, man. I feel like we're getting to the point with Giannis where it's the same way we got with Bron, of like, he's clearly the best player in the league, but we have Giannis mm. fatigue when it comes to giving him the MVP. But he has clearly been the best player this year through all of the injury bugs that they have. Like Chris Middleton has barely played this season. I mean, Drew Holiday has been in and out of the, of the lineup. Even Giannis has been in and out of the lineup. But the fact that they're only a half game out of first place and they have been going through all of that injury bullshit is because of Giannis and how dominant that he has been throughout this entire season, consistent 50-point nights. Just like a consistent defensive player of the year type of play from this man. I know Jokic is putting up huge numbers. He's having an excellent season. But we cannot take for granted what Giannis is doing because he is going through one of those LeBron type of runs right now where we're taking for granted him being the best player. And he's mm-hmm. putting up MVP numbers and he's doing MVP shit right now. And he's clearly the best player in the NBA. So I think Giannis is the MVP of the NBA.
1: And and uh, before we go to the next award, Nick Wright made a solid point this week. I was listening to him while he was filling in for Colin. He was basically saying that he wasn't trying to shit on Jokic because Jokic is a top five, damn near top three player in the league right now. But... If Jokic isn't even a name you mention when we talk about who's truly the best player in the league, if he's not the third, fourth, or fifth name you mention, how is he the leading candidate for MVP right now? Is it strictly just off of his numbers? Off because his of impact.
0: Uh, off his okay. impact, bro. Because you, you got to look about. You got to think about what Jokic is doing when Jamal Murray has been in and out of the lineup. He's carrying that team. Name me somebody else that on that true. team other than J- Jamal. You know, Aaron Gordon after that? Come on, he's making it work with him being a star and role player. So I definitely cannot shit on Jokic because his impact is undeniable, bro. Undeniable for sure. You could talk about him in the playoffs, how he can be attacked during the playoffs and all that other bullshit, but his impact and how he's, how his impact on winning, yeah, on exactly during the regular season, and his impact on winning is undeniable, bro. And I, I can never disrespect that man for that. If you say Jokic is the MVP, I can't be mad at you. But I feel like you will be taking Giannis for granted in that aspect by saying, oh, Jokic is the MVP. And I think Embiid deserves way more credit than what he Oh, yeah, Embi-
1: Embiid up there too. He up there too we, sure.
0: It's crazy because we see Embiid cook Jokic in a game and nothing changed in terms of the MVP standards. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like, because we, we, we kind of see it like Embiid is one-on-one at least. We see who has the better of the two in that type of matchup. So I'm surprised he doesn't get more love in these conversations. Because back-to-back years... Jokic has won, but back-to-back years, Embiid has been number two. So when are we going to start showing Embiid the love for him to get, jump over that hump of being number one and winning these MVPs? Because he's in the conversation all the time, but I feel like he doesn't get enough credit to win it. But just to say Giannis' stats before I move on, he's averaging 32, 12, and 5, bro. <laughs> he's averaging Crazy. 32, 12, and 5, and he's putting up a, a block in the a steal a game, bro. Crazy as hell stats from Giannis, bro. Do not take it for granted. Moving on to defensive player of the year. Who you got?
1: Uh, Defense player of the year. My pick originally at the beginning of the season was Bam Adebayo. But right now I got Jaron Jackson Jr. as the midseason winner at the moment. I think he's been locking people down on the perimeter crazy. I I just think he's a true defensive. He's a wall. Like there's damn near no getting past him (laughs) right now. So I got Jaron Jackson Jr. um, leading that category right now
0: jaron jackson is definitely up there for me but you could call it bias you can call it what you want man the best defensive player i've seen this year is bam Adebayo, bio bro i'm i'm tired of him getting overlooked every year bro last year they said you got to put up better offensive stats for you to be a part of the Defensive player of the year conversation because the heat had the best defensive team last year mm-hmm. and he didn't win defensive player of the year but we see jaron jackson has the best defensive player or best defense on the best defensive team and we see him leading the defensive player of the year race it's kind of crazy, but I think Bam, in terms of the versatility, bro, nobody can guard one through five like that, man, bro. Nobody, like, it's, get, it's gotten to the point where guards, point guards, fast point guards don't even attack him anymore because they yep. they're, they're, they don't even waste their time going at him. Usually all of these other centers, I'm literally like literally 30 other centers you can go at or 29 other centers you can go at, but you will not go at Bam out about it. He's become that much of a force in this league. I agree that Jaron Jackson is a force in the paint. I think he's averaging, what, three blocks a game and a steal? Mm -hmm. Definitely putting up the stats over Bam. But I think in terms of versatility, bro, I think Bam just goes so underlooked in this conversation, man. And uh, I will have him as my defense player of the year. Moving on to most improved player.
1: Most improved player, man. It's still my original pick from the beginning of the season. Jalen Brunson. I told y'all before this season started, bro, Jalen Brunson is going to take a huge jump. When he got to the Knicks. And and that's that's what we're seeing at this point. Like he's the leading um offensive player, I think, when it comes to officiating that um team. So I, I gotta go with Jalen Brunson. I don't see anybody else taking that award from him at this point.
0: I have Shea Gilders Alexander winning this award, bro. I uh, think the league,
1: are, we, are we really giving him yes, most of the group he, he's,
0: ta- he's taking a leap, bro. He's but, taking but a leap like this year, we bro. We saw
1: it coming.
0: Even nah, if it didn't happen you didn't see this coming. Nah, you didn't see this coming, bro. This was this was a superstar leap, bro. This, this was, was a like superstar leap.
1: This was like that year when John got it, bro. Nah, it's like we saw this was John this
0: was, was that year. This was that year when Julius Randle won it. Remember when Julius Randle won, won it during the year they was overachieving? That this is that nah, type of leap the for John. Yes, I, don't it is, bro. Yes, it is, But Niggas was not saying John was gonna be a superstar. Come on, bro. Niggas was not saying that because who keeps up with OKC anyway? for him to even be talked about this much he was as he keeping is Keeping
1: OKC relevant that's how good no. he was playing he was okay he wasn't
0: relevant last year and he played on the team I,
1: I mean just in talks of mentioning their name like I don't I don't mean in nah. talks of like the what they could do in the postseason or whatever but
0: I don't know Shay 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 definitely taken a leap bro I think yes. Shay done
1: had the popularity long enough to where it's like can you really get most improved player Jalen Brunson who saw Jalen Brunson coming this year Other everybody than
0: seen you? that shit that was a popular all. pick for this shit Everybody picked that nigga because everybody see what he did in the playoffs.
1: They listening to the pod. that. everybody see what he did in the
0: playoffs, bro. When that nigga did what he did with the Mavericks in the playoffs, bro, niggas was like, "Oh, if he get his own team, he gonna show his ass out." So niggas wasn't surprised. Yes, has he? Is he up there for most improved for sure? But I think Shay's leap has been a superstar leap, though. Niggas predicted Brunson was gonna do this because he had more opportunity, but Mm -hmm. Shay has the same type of opportunity, but it's just improving. I think he went from like 24 points to 30 points and now putting up more assists, more rebounds a game. I think he's taking that superstar leap, bro. He said some crazy shit today talking about he was better than Brian at 24, but even though he says some crazy shit, he definitely still most improved. (laughs) He's still most improved. (laughs) Moving on to six men of the year.
1: Uh, I didn't have a six-man-of-the-year pick at the beginning of the season. I forgot to make one, but I got Russell Westbrook right now. The improvement he's made with L.A., granted, he's on the other L.A. team now, and we'll talk about that, but um, the improvements he made on the Lakers with coming off of the bench and just being a good six-man player to keep the minutes rolling while Bron and A.D. are on the bench, I I can't (laughs) – I can't slight that at all. I know Russell Westbrook been the butt of everybody's jokes for majority of this season, but that transition he made of accepting that role of leading the second union, I can't can't dispute that. So I got Russell Westbrook right now.
0: I think before he got traded, I think he was the leader for this type of this award, but I think he probably is going to start for the Clippers. And I think there's some sort of mandate, like you got to have a certain Mm. amount of uh, games coming off the bench or something like that. So I think when he was with the Lakers, I think Russ was going to win this award. But I think since he's gotten uh, bought out or whatever, I think Brogdon wins this award for the Celtics. Best player of six men of the year on the best team.
1: I ain't think about that. You're right. I ain't think about that.
0: So I would give it to Malcolm Brogdon, bro. I would give it to Malcolm Brogdon. He's been putting up a hell of a year. And I think he's going to show how valuable he truly is more so come playoff time. I don't think he's really shown that come the – he's been good. But I think he's going to, like, go to another level come the playoff time. But he's my six minute a year and lastly we got coach of the year
1: uh coach of the year i had tyron Lou at the beginning of the season but I got Mike Brown right now, bro. No, I, I damn sure didn't see this with the Kings. I don't think anybody saw the Kings being this good this year. I know there was hope because they had young stars and there was a chance that they could rise up and not be terrible. But the fact that they are a top five team in the West right now and we have to actually have a serious conversation of can they contend? Like that is a genuine question we got to ask for the Sacramento Kings. Shout out to Mike Brown, bro. He, he damn near got the award at this point. I don't even mm-hmm. think we got to, I don't think it has to be a discussion at the end of the season. I think it's his to lose, honestly.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I fully agree. I've, I've been on the Kings train this whole year, bro. And I think Mike Brown has had the biggest improvement in terms of how a team has grown. They haven't made the playoffs in the last 20 years. Too so long, the fact, exactly. Long. They haven't made the playoffs in the last 20 years. And now they're a top three seed in the Western Conference. So got to show him love for that. So I agree with the Mike Brown point. And moving on lastly, this is lastly, honestly, is the rookie of the year.
1: Oh uh, yeah, it's Paolo Bancaro. It's yeah. not close. I Easily. had Jaden Ivey at the beginning of the season. I think Jaden Ivey is still he third in, in voting yeah, odds I think right third. now. I think he's third. But but the spread between Paolo and the, the rest of the um the odds are, are just wide as hell. So I gotta go with Paolo Bancaro. Watching him play in person was special when I went to see Orlando play the Heat. So um yeah, it's
0: Paolo. I agree with Apollo. And I had said this shit to mouth earlier, bro. I said, if they end up getting Scoot on their team, if they end up getting Scoot Henderson on the Magic, the Magic going to really be a problem there, bro. Because I feel like they still need a dynamic guard. I don't like any of the guards they have. Bro. Folks is cool, but I feel like they still need somebody dynamic, bro. If they end up with Scoot Henderson, dog, if they get the number two pick, them niggas would be ready. Because Paolo already a monster now. If you add a dynamic guard, that can go with him and Franz, and you got Wendell, the Magic can be something legit in a couple of years if they get scooped, bro. But it,
1: it's never the players I worry about with the Magic, bro. The Magic always get good or decent players. It's the front office, and it's the coaching. like, And it's just the culture of Orlando. The culture has dropped tremendously in Orlando ever since the Dwight Howard days. That was the last little bit of culture that they had. And it's been nothing. There's no identifier for what the Magic are. And I think, one, that's why they can't get any stars to migrate there. And then, two, that's why they can't keep any of the players that they have because I don't think they do a good job at developing and making the players better. And Mm. they don't do a good job of trying to keep the stars there. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do get Scoop and we see Paolo and Scoop play great together. But is that going to translate to wins? Are they going to get other surrounding pieces to help and, you know, bench pieces and whatnot? Is the coaching going to be good? Like, I worry about everything else with the Magic other than whether they can get players. They always get players.
0: This is the thing with the Magic, though, bro. They haven't had a tip pole player since Dwight. And this is what I said when they drafted Paolo, bro. They haven't had anybody that you can truly build around. Yes, have they gotten solid pieces? Yeah. But they haven't gotten anybody that you could truly build around. I think that is the most important. And I think that makes the coach look good at the end of the day when you have that tentpole player that everybody can really feed off of. And Paolo is a culture-changing type of player that can change his whole – we've already seen it this year. Even though they're not going to make the playoffs, we've seen the DNA of the Magic change from past seasons where they're actually way more competitive with teams just because of his presence, you know what I'm saying, and his demeanor on the court. So having him will have changed this entire organization. And they will realize that, oh, we have something here. And that will improve and raise the level of everybody else, including the front office, including the coaching staff, because we don't want to let this talent leave the door. So I think that will raise. And I think if they add Scoot to a culture changer like that, we're we're in business, bro. I think we're in business. And I think that's what they've been missing for the last few years or last, what, 10 years, honestly. But uh, moving on to the other NBA topics we have. Westbrook went to the Clippers. He was bought out by the Utah Jazz after the trade from the Lakers. He got signed by the Clippers. And we also got a lot of another buyout decision. Kevin Love got bought out by the Cleveland Cavaliers and is now a Miami Heat. Do these deals or do these players make any difference on their current team?
1: Uh, I like the Kevin Love move. I've seen a lot of mixed reviews about it. I think it'll work um fine as far as like you know getting us extra points and competing with more uh scoring teams. Uh, is it gonna be changing to where this just drastically moves us up the ladder of contenders? Probably not. But I think it's a great piece to have for now with Westbrook on the Clippers. I don't know how it'll work. I think it's gonna look kind of ugly. Um. Just especially what you're talking about him possibly starting, well, not even possibly, most likely starting in the um first unit. I don't know how it's gonna work. I know him and Paul George, they had a they had somewhat of a connection in OKC, but you got Kawhi in the mix now. You can't just have Kawhi sitting to the side when he's the star player in this situation. Mm-hmm. And Russ Westbrook is not really a facilitator. And when you see Paul George and Kawhi, you're looking for more of a facilitating point guard. And with Russ he he's full court press like he's full steam ahead every time and i'm kicking out if i don't got the layup and that's not how you really play with Kawhi and pg so i don't know i think that's going to be the out of these two i think that's going to be the most interesting situation to see what's going to happen but kevin love to the heat i like it do i love it i don't know yet but i like it in terms of just face value of who of who kevin love is and what he brings
0: it's a cool deal. I mean, Kevin Love hasn't been playing that great this season. I think he had a thumb injury for most of the season, so he hasn't been mm-hmm. shooting that great. But apparently, he's healthy now. He was he wanted more, more playing time. That's why he was asked to be bought out by the yeah. Cavaliers. So the one thing that he or two things that he has been having huge problems with is shooting the basketball. Them boys cannot hit threes at a high clip at all. They really have no pure shooter anymore, at and all. so they need better <laughs> shooting on the team. Kevin Love will provide that, I think. And then they had no size, bro. They had other than Bam. Them niggas was running. Everybody was six five. Everybody was six five out there, bro. They needed more size. So Kevin Love will also provide more size for them in terms of a backup big or just playing alongside Bam. That has been a problem the whole season. So I think in those two departments, he will help the Heat. Does that push us anywhere any further than we what we would have been? I don't. I don't think so. I think I think our our ceiling is second round exit. I think that is our ceiling. Exactly. I don't think we get, I don't think we get past that. I think that was I think that was our ceiling before Kevin Love and I think that's our ceiling after Kevin Love even when we get Kevin Love. So, yeah, I think we'll be on the same page, me and
1: yeah. you're on the same page. So,
0: mm-hmm. that's that's just the heat ceiling right now. Westbrook to the Clippers, even though it's the most interesting, it's the most high upside to me. Because there is a lot of upside to this in terms of the Clippers have never had a true point guard that attacks at all times, and Russ is going to have a lot of space on the court to create. He's, done, he's going to have nobody in the paint other than Zubac, and he can do a pick and roll with Zubac to get Zubac out of the paint. You got... Ka- Kawhi and pg are not ball dominant players so that won't take away from westbrook you can have the ball in westbrook's cans he can create westbrook has shown that he can hit the the three ball at a way higher clip this season i think that this can work other than the even though the k love deal would like obviously be solid this kid has the potential to be like high upside this can take them to the next level of like maybe they can get to the conference finals with a a westbrook you know what i'm saying i think that's the their potential did go up a little bit but when we get to the playoffs, we always get that question with Russ of like, damn, will he fuck it up for you at the same time? So it's like the highest risk and highest reward with Westbrook, bro. Because even though I'm saying all this good shit, we've seen Westbrook fold in playoff series, dog, and lose yep. niggas playoff games. So that's another thing that you have to be worried about. Niggas going to sag off him. Niggas going to make him shoot. You know what I'm saying? So how, how do you really play him in a playoff series? Like that's something that the, the Tyron Lue and the Clippers got to figure out because that happens every year. the past few years and
1: i would want to see russ be more of a like i said i gotta say it again i would love to see him be more of a facilitator in this situation but we know that's not his game he's a terrible passer too at least over the last two seasons russ has been a terrible passer when it comes to wide open passes when it comes to making the difficult passes that superstars should make russ is just not key with that that's not a strong suit of his so I I don't know. You got to be able to give Kawhi and PG their looks. That is a role of a point guard to get other people their best looks and hit the shots when you can. But is Russ going to be able to have that six man mentality as a starter of, hey, I'm I'm just here to make sure everybody else plays better right now. So I, I don't know. It, it's yet to be seen. I think it has a chance of working. But the like you said, the risk versus the reward, like that's really the issue right now. So
0: and how well the Clippers has been playing without uh Westbrook when because I think they've been going on like a winning streak since uh they went to Terrence Mann has been starting at the point guard with Kawhi and uh Kawhi and PG and he's been working. He's 6'7. Obviously, he's not a doesn't have the name like Russell Russell Westbrook, but he works. He defends. Yeah. Like I think it would, I think they they end up transitioning to Westbrook being the starting point guard. But if it ain't broke, don't fix it for the Clippers. If I would honestly keep going out with that Terrence Man starting lineup until I see Russell Westbrook work with Kawhi and PG and Zubach and Morris, I will let I will let him come off the bench at first and then transition him to the starting lineup. Because I think Man is a, a good player. I think he, he makes a difference in the playoffs. All right. And moving on to the second half of the season. Before we move on, we did get a firing in the NBA. The Hawks ended up firing uh, Nate McMillan. This was like a predictable move. I heard in an article earlier today that Nate, Nate McMillan has been trying to step down for months now. But they mm. they wouldn't let him step down. They kept telling him, like, we're behind you, Nate. We support you through all of the ups and downs of the Hawks' season. So he'd been trying to get away from the team for a minute, but they just finally fired him like (laughs) a third, two or thirds of the way through the season.
1: Were you trying to get fired, but they keep promoting you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> like literally, like I, I don't know. He's trying. He tried to leave for like uh, months now. Like it's crazy.
1: Bruh, is trying to sabotage himself, and, he, <laughs> and they're like, "No, we totally support everything you're doing." Right? I, I just set the place on fire. Like, what are you talking
0: about? Like, <laughs> no bullshit. That's really what he's been doing. Like, he has. He he stopped caring months ago for this team. He really has. But that's that's a uh, that just happened today. I think Ime Udoka is a candidate. Quinn Snyder, the former coach of the Utah Jazz. So it's currently up in the air. They just promoted somebody to the interim coach uh, mm. earlier today. I forgot his name, but he just got promoted. I'm assuming he was an assistant coach. So that's something that's something to look forward to for the Hawks uh, in the offseason. But looking forward to... Oh, you had something to say?
1: I was going to say, if I had to choose a, a candidate, I would say either Ime Udoka or... I heard Kenny Atkinson was a, a mm-hmm. candidate too. So I would say either Kenny Atkinson or Eme Udoka. I feel like those would be the two best play, not players. Those would be the two best coaching candidates to get the Hawks back with that hungry mentality and that get everybody involved mentality. So Trey has somebody other than himself to look at as like, okay, we can win this game. And it's not solely on me. Like mm-hmm. we'll be a more fluid offense if, if you get what I'm saying, because the Hawks, mm-hmm. The Hawks can't be in a situation where they're going downhill. Not after just a couple of years ago, like they were, you know, um, setting the playoffs on fire when they beat the Knicks and then they got to the next round and and did good, you know. So the Hawks can't go in a backwards trend right now. They have to keep moving forward. Firing Nate McMillan was the right thing to do, and I think they, they have to get the right head coach. I think they're just a head coach away from really having a formidable team again. A championship team that gets to to remain, but a formidable team that could possibly pull an upset, they can get back
0: to that. They need a coach that is going to put Trey, I don't want to say in check, because these grown men at the end of the day, but it has to put that get in Trey Young's ear of like, bro, you got to play more off ball, bro. That has to happen. Like, if they want to succeed moving forward, Trey has to play off ball more. I've been saying it this whole season that the offensive system has to change. The same bullshit that they was doing with DeJounte and Trey taking turns and all that bullshit, and you having DeJounte as a spot-up shooter, that shit is not going to work. I don't care who is on the floor with them two niggas. You have to have Trey off ball with DeJounte playing the point, bro. that's That's the way where both of them can be on attack mode. At all times, and you can use Trey's gravity to your advantage. You run Trey off screens, two people jump out of him, then you got a, a center like Capella wide open in the paint. That shit could happen. We see it work with Steph, even though he's not the same shooter as Steph, he has similar gravity, bro. And you have to use that to your advantage. And nobody has used that completely from Trey since he's been in the league. So he needs a coach that's going to get in his ear. I don't know who that coach is, but whoever they hire has to tell him that. Like, that has to become a reality next season. It has and to.
1: Don't don't let it be Mike D'Antoni, because I saw his name on the list, too. I was like, hell no. He's going to keep doing the same going, bullshit. Yeah, he's going to let Trey bounce the ball as many times as he want every possession. <laughs> the Hawks will become one of the slowest offenses in the league if Mike D'Antoni become the coach. <laughs> mm
0: mm-hmm. And I was, I seen, I, I think he wants Steve Nash. I seen he posted a picture today with a Steve Nash jersey on. I think he wants Steve Nash as his coach.
1: Because no. obviously
0: that's the player he grew up with. But no. even Steve Nash has the same mentality as Mike D'Antoni, like the seven-second offense, dog. Like, you, you don't need that. You need an offense that's not going to have the ball in your hands 24-7. I think that's the best way for him to be effective, bro. So I don't, I don't know who that coach is, bro. I really can't tell you. Maybe it is you, Doka. But uh, moving forward to the second half of the season, I want to get your opinion on who is under the most pressure in the NBA to win a championship, dog. Because we got so many names. Obviously, Kevin Durant comes to the the top of my mind, obviously making that trade from Brooklyn to Phoenix. The pressure is on him now to perform. You got Chris Paul. Like, it's so many players that's under pressure this season to win a championship. But who's under the most? Give me your top five.
1: Uh, I think um, in order or just top five?
0: In order, preferably.
1: In order, um... I would say KD first, because I think when everybody's healthy, when everybody's playing their best, KD is a top two player in the league, and we look at you as one of the greats. So when you make a move like this, you're putting a statement out there that I'm winning this year. So going to the Suns, you put yourself in a situation now where you are the favorite. So Kevin Durant is one, and you haven't won anything. You've actually been in terrible situations since <laughs> leaving the Warriors. You know, so and, and people love to say, well, he the reason they won them two chips and they the reason he won them two chips. So you get a chance to prove yourself now with the Suns and show that you can win in other places. So Kevin Durant is one. Kawhi, two. I've been telling y'all for the past couple of weeks, Kawhi been skating under a lot of people radar and not getting no criticism for real, not getting no expectations. I don't hear nobody talking about Kawhi no more. People love saying, well, he got that shit with Toronto. So that was way in 2019. I do not want to hear that shit. If you are a great player, if we look at you as one of the best players of a of a generation or for a decade or whatever, pressure is always on you. So Kawhi, number two. Chris Paul, number three. Get that damn curse out of the way. Um, <laughs> Number four. Uh... Tatum is young and he has a bright future ahead of him he has still majority of his career ahead of him but it's like the the Celtics even with their coaching situation not being the same this year it's like y'all keep knocking on the door and people keep saying y'all are a team that can do it, it it's time it's time to answer that call especially in the east right now where it's like outside of the bucks is really should it should just be y'all if we're being honest at this point mm-hmm. I got Philly but y'all can y'all can probably bounce Philly if y'all really wanted to So, Jason Tatum, four and five. Who would I have at five? Damn, I think five is where you could toss it up and say anybody, damn near. I'm not putting Braun up there. I'm tired of people. Braun, damn near 40, bro. (laughs) What he's doing is awe-inspiring and is great, but the man, damn near 40. I'm not looking at no 40-year-old man to lead a team to the playoffs. If If you so happen to be good on a playoff team at 40, okay, good. But I ain't looking at you to lead no team. At five, I'll probably put, I'll put Luca just for the sake of you've been wowing us for the past couple years and you ain't been to a conference championship yet. So, well, finals, conference finals. So, KD, Kawhi, Chris Paul, Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, in order.
0: Gotcha. So, I got... I agree with your KD point. KD has to be number one, bro. You can't be bouncing around all these super teams. You just fail with the Nets. You have to win this year. The most pressure is on KD to win. I don't care what injury he's coming back from. The eyes should be on KD. We always talk about with KD how he doesn't have the same type of pressure as LeBron. And honestly, who else in the NBA does? Because LeBron is the chosen one. But he should have that same type of pressure as LeBron has had throughout his entire career. Of Like, all right, nigga, this is the pinnacle moment for you. You're on a super team. You got all these players now. They didn't even trade all of the assets to get you. You have everything you need. You have one of the best coaches in the league. You better do this shit in the playoffs, nigga. It ain't no excuses for you at all. It's nowhere to run either, Katie. It ain't nowhere to run. You better show the fuck up. KD is number one. Chris Paul is number two for me. Chris Paul is number two. He got to perform. <laughs> too, much, too much shit is around Chris Paul not to perform this hey. year, dog.
1: Quincy middle, Chris Paul here for like two
0: years. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Chris Paul needs to do some shit, dog. You you telling me Chris Paul, the the best floor general that we've ever seen has two of the best buckets we've ever seen in in NBA history. You got Devin Booker. You got a. You still got Deandre Ayton. You still got, now you got KD. (laughs) <laughs> come on bro you got the best scorers in the damn league you better perform fucking chris paul i don't want to hear about no injury excuse i don't want to hear none of that bullshit from chris paul fans dog he better boot this <laughs> shit in the playoffs this year he better show the fuck up so chris paul number two number three i got Jokic, dog Jokic gotta do some shit in the playoffs dog he gotta make some shit with his nuggets team have we ever seen a two-time mvp just fly under the radar like real. no pressure no That's pressure really is thrown on Jokic in terms of winning like that shit is crazy to me he's potentially going to win his third mvp and nobody looks at his team as like a contending team everybody in a kinda row kinda overlooks him third yeah.
1: mvp in a row which hasn't exactly. happened in how fucking long which is and wild. they're not the
0: favorite like nigga whoa we really need to be reconsidered. That's why I gave Giannis <laughs> the MVP because, come on, he got he needs way more pressure. I know we I talked about it earlier of, like, last year, Jamal Murray was hurt, this, that, the third. Everybody's healthy now, nigga. The pressure is on you to get this shit done and have a performance in the playoffs that we can remember. We know you're against the odds because the Suns are the favorite, but you got to put up a fight, bro. You can't be that damn defensive liability that you always are. You got to step up to the plate, bro. That pressure is on Jokic. That pressure's on Jokic to be a, a better defender. Come playoff time. He's three. Kawhi is four. Kawhi is kind of weird to me, bro. Kawhi's kind of weird. Because could you put him higher for sure? But I feel like he's kind of cool with where he's at in the league. He don't, I don't get that hunger from Kawhi. And that honestly puts me, puts him lower on my list. Cause it really feel like he ain't hungry but, but for this shit. But that's,
1: yeah, that that's an issue. That's a that is an issue, though. That's an issue. We can't let you go to LA say that you're dethroning lebron in la that you got the real la team and nah, not for sure. him and now we just don't get to say anything oh no
0: oh that's why i said no. it's weird as oh, hell no. i've never experienced somebody like this Kawhi, Kawhi, i would have Kawhi at four but it's weird with Kawhi because like i said he has pressure he has pressure for sure
1: because let Kawhi would have went to la first and then Bron went after oh we would kill lebron for not winning anything yet mm. oh hell no you can go on with the yeah. next one though
0: yeah, I, I Kawhi is four. Like I said, he, he deserves pressure, but he gets so many passes, dog. It's crazy. But I think he's four. Five. Embiid, bro. Embiid is too dominant of a player, dog, to not have a deep playoff run or a memorable playoff run on his resume, dog. Like I just said, he's a, has been second in MVP voting for the last year, two years, and he's going to be top three this season. We need some memorable run from you, dog. You got Harden's healthy. Maxi's healthy. This team has been looking the best that it's looked for the past couple of years now. Everything's coming together. You guys are gelling. We need a deep playoff run from the Sixers, bro. And B has to put himself on the map this year in terms of playoff success. So I feel like he is five, bro. So I would have Katie, Chris Paul, Jokic, Kawhi, and B. That's my top five. Who is under the most pressure to win a championship? Gotta see, gotta see something, bro. Gotta see something. And moving on to the NFL, we got Eric Bieniemy is now the offensive coordinator of the Commanders, leaving the two-time uh, NFL champion Chiefs and leaving Patrick Mahomes to get this opportunity. It, it, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean. I don't know how to feel about it either. I, I like the fact that he was able to get another job quickly. I guess that's the only good thing I can get out of this situation. Um, he should be a head coach in the NFL. He's had head coaching interviews with multiple teams. For some reason, teams just coincidentally don't want to hire him. And I hate the fact that we are so questionable. And when I say we, I mean the media. We're so questionable on how could this be happening when I'm not willing to just completely throw the race car out of it, but there has to be some type of particular motive the NFL has against Eric B. Enemy. I don't know what the hell it is. I don't know what he may have done behind closed doors that the NFL just will not let him be a head coach for. But there's no reason you get the five AFC championship games, you win two Super Bowls, You have the you have a top three, top six offense at least four out of those five years. Like I, I don't, I don't get it. I'm, I'm not understanding. Yes, Andy Reid is a brilliant offensive mind coach, but let's not act like Eric Bieniemy ain't at least fifty percent of that Chiefs offense. So this upcoming season, I promise on everything I love. People better the media, the main media, they better give Eric Bieniemy his flowers. If the Washington Commanders take a jump, I don't mean like no crazy jump, but if we see improvement from the Commanders and the Chiefs have any downslide. I need to see people giving Eric bien his flowers, bro, because I, I don't think it, it – it doesn't make sense. You have Matt Nagy, who is under consideration for being a head coach again sometime soon. Jeff Saturday, who had no coaching experience, they just threw him into the – even if you get thrown into a dumpster fire situation, they're still willing to throw people with no experience into a coaching situation, head coaching situation, before Eric bien who actually has the resume who resume who assistant coach resume is touching Airbnb right now over the last few years nobody but he can't get a head coaching job so it, it just doesn't make sense to me bro it, no it actually makes perfect sense but the fact that it makes perfect sense is blowing me so
0: uh, i honestly feel like this is a dumbass move by b enemy that's how i really feel Cause you can't leave, you can't leave Patrick Mahomes, bro. I don't care what the outside noise is telling you, because I think the biggest criticism about Eric Bieniemy has been that he doesn't call plays. Even though we've seen multiple assistants that haven't called plays go on to be head coaches, uh, we like you just talked about Matt and Aggie has been a head coach. Uh, we talk, we can talk about so many head coaches that haven't called plays when they were assistants or OCs go on to be head coaches now. b that's been the biggest knock on the enemy i've heard that he doesn't interview well like all these excuses that pop up that don't pop up with other white head coaches let's just we can play the race card with this situation but i think this is a dumb move in terms of you can't leave where your bread is butter dog because you this is a situation where you had no opportunity to really go downhill if you stay with kansas city you have honestly a huge opportunity to go downhill if the Watch your Redskins or watch your football team commanders, whatever. If their offense is like the same where they go downhill next year, that shit, everybody is going to look at you as like, damn, you really was, you did you really didn't do shit with the Chiefs. Oh, goddamn, you ain't really this head coach that we wanted to have for the, on our team. Niggas is going to start looking at you like, oh, okay, this is why we didn't hire him. See, he ain't that guy. He's not, he's not even that good if you just stayed with Patrick Mahomes you would have been fine no criticism would have been targeted your way and you still could have had an opportunity down the line but I feel like you open yourself up to more criticism with this move dog something would have opened up for him I feel like the perfect situation would have opened up if he just stayed bro you're with the greatest player of all time and with the greatest one of the greatest coaches of all time why would you leave that for a dysfunctional commander's team dog Ron Rivera has been terrible these past couple of seasons. And your quarterback is going to be Sam Howell next year. You don't know how the fuck he's going to play. Like, why are you believing in that offense? Like, dog, it's too much downside potential for me to say if the commanders are good next year or if the commander's officer is good next year, yeah, BNME is going to get a head coaching job. I don't see that upside, bro. I see way too many negatives to this move than positives, dog. He would have been better off staying with that cushy-ass job and just kept rolling in them champ, uh, championships and them playoff appearances.
1: But I, I can't knock the man for wanting to be a head coach, bro. Like he wants to be a head coach, but he's so, still not a head
0: coach. So what are you leaving? You was an OC. He's, what, what's the name?
1: He's putting himself in a situation now where he's putting he's putting the pressure on himself. I can't be mad for him doing that. He, he didn't want to stay in a comfortable situation because in that comfortable situation, they were going to continue to say, oh, well, Andy Reid's still probably the one really calling the players. No, he put himself in a situation now where it's like, I'm going to a team where y'all will really see that I'm having a impact on how well the offense does. Like I said, the, um, the commanders don't have to take a huge jump offensively next year. But as long as we see them improve some kind of way, To where the offense doesn't look terrible. Because they have offensive pieces. They just don't have a quarterback right now. But if he can make Sam Howell look halfway decent. I think he proves his case with that bro. Because he ain't got to be perfect. He ain't got to be the best offense in the NFC East. It don't even got to be the second best. But if it's a contending offense. To where it's like damn. This better than last year. He's proving his case already right there. That yeah I deserve a head coaching job. Because I can make at least something. Out of nothing with the Washington commanders. So I think it's on his side, bro. Even if it doesn't go well, there's been plenty of white coaches where they fail here, they fail here, they fail here. But somehow, some way, they make people say, hmm, maybe if they just be a head coach, they might have the success. Why Why can't it be that way with Eric B. Enemy? You get what I'm saying? Like, that that's mm-hmm. the question I want NFL executives and NFL GMs to really think about. It's like, damn, white coaches get to fail ten times and they still get head coaching opportunities. Nathaniel Hackett, But he's black though, bro. You. Well we
0: know we know how this shit is gonna go. If he fails oh, yeah, in yeah. Washington, his chances of becoming a real head coach is are, are gone. It, They're gone. And
1: it, it, it shouldn't be that way. But I promise It shouldn't you but it's gonna it's going he'll to be, be that way. a head coach again within the next few years, as trash as Nathaniel Hackett was with Russell Wilson in Denver, I promise you he'll be a head coach again. He shouldn't be, but he'll be he a head shouldn't coach be. again. Yeah. Probably probably so it, it's just it's the repetitive cycle of damn we and I tweeted this we always have we as black people we always have to be perfect where our counterparts don't even have to know half of what they're doing mm-hmm. like and I think that's the that's still the common thing and I think it's because I think Eric will be very successful as a black head coach because think about it when it comes to black head coaches in the NFL Mike Tomlin that's the only thing, that's the only real successful NFL head coaching name we think of that is a black coach. And I just think they don't want it to be another one in the league. I think that's all it is. I could yeah. be looking too deep into it with the racial aspect, but hey, it's, it is what it is. We got to call a spade a spade. So
0: No, for sure. All right, and moving on to the XFL. Is the XFL back? I've been hearing a lot of good things this weekend, and I even watched one of the games. It was it was the game where uh, AJ McCarron was playing, and that shit was pretty solid. I was entertained throughout the, the whole game. You know what I'm saying? So, what? How do you feel about the XFL moving forward? Do you think they can really compete with the USFL?
1: Uh, I think so, just because of um, the legacy that the XFL has. This is mm-hmm. only about to be the second season for the USFL. Granted, their first se- their inaugural season was great. But the mm-hmm. XFL already got a legacy and they're owned by The Rock now. You know, he's gonna bring that entertainment aspect. He's a former um football player, so he has the relatability, he has the entertainment, he got the money to really fund this for real, and they're partnered with the NFL. I think it'll work just fine. But can they can it sustain? Can they keep it from, you know, going away again? That's the question they have to answer. But is it back as far as the relevancy and the impact? Yes.
0: Because I'm telling you. I was watching that that game. I forgot what the team's names were. But it was the team that... Or some shit. I don't know. It was... I don't know. AJ, whatever team AJ McCarron played for. I don't know who he played for. But that that 4th and 15 rule, like, because they don't do onside kick in the XFL. Yeah. They do that 4th and 15 play. If you get the 4th and 15, you can end up just... That's basically the onside kick. You're basically yep. just continuing that drive. That shit should move on to the NFL, dog. That shit so dope and so exciting, dog. That that's what that's the type of innovation that the NFL has to bring. Because onside kick, we know how unlikely that shit is to actually be recovered by the uh the uh, the kicking team. But that fourth and fifteen, that shit is like manageable. And they can get a fourth to fifteen. It's like okay, we can actually have a chance. If you're down for like by like multiple scores in a game. You can really get back in that bitch with like a fourth and 15 instead of an onside kick. That's the one rule that I would love to see actually implant implemented into the NFL because that shit is dope, bro. That shit is dope. And uh moving on to social media wants to know. First thing I got is rank these four Marvel trilogies, bro. So we got the Captain America trilogy, we got the Ant-Man trilogy. We got the Spider-Man trilogy and we got the Iron Man trilogy. So out of those four, rank them.
1: Um Spider-Man, it ain't close. Rank them. Uh if I got to rank them, uh Spider-Man number 1, I would say Captain America 2, uh Iron Man 3, Ant-Man 4.
0: I would have Captain America the fact that he has Winter Soldier and Civil War on his on his resume, I got to get that shit done. I got to get that shit to Captain America. Captain America would be one for me. I would give two to Spider-Man for sure. I would give three to Ant-Man. And I would what? give four. Oh, mm-hmm. no. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Hell mm-hmm. no. Think about it, bro. Just oh. because, you niggas is only tied to that Iron Man movie because it was the introduction to the MCU. The last two movies was ass. Let's keep it a bean. Those last two Iron Man movies was trash. Y'all ain't trying to be honest with me, bro. If y'all don't think those last two Iron Man movies was ass, bro. No, I'll last take that one. first. I'll take that first Ant-Man movie over Iron Man too easily. Easily. Easily, bro. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, bro. Cause think about the think about the villains in Iron Man 2. Wasn't that like the whiplash
1: villain? Yeah, that was um I can't remember his name, but he was like from over he was from Russia or something like that. Yeah.
0: And then the third who was the third? It was the brain nigga. The, the, nigga the third the,
1: one was with um he was the I think it. Damn. The Mandarin he, he, and the Yeah. I know. No, that one.
0: was that was the first one. That was the the Ten Rings, wasn't it? Ten Rings was the first one.
1: No, nah, that was the um the third one.
0: The third one was Teen rex No, that was the dude who was who used to mess with Pepper. You remember the girl, dude who used to mess with Pepper?
1: Yeah, but th- that was the one with the fake Mandarin in it too, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, that's what you said. Yeah. Okay, fake Mandarin, fake Mandarin. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the third one. That was the third one, yeah. But those wasn't good villains, bro. I'm telling you. I would take Ant-Man in terms of enjoyment too over Iron Man. The first one, the Iron Man introduced the MCU, bro. So you got to get that. You got to show that shit respect. The other two, I can't show them niggas respect. I can't show them niggas respect, dog. I can't.
1: I guess you could flip flop three and four, but Sp- I got Spider-Man at number one, just because if I had to, when you put the Spider-Man trilogy and the Captain America trilogy side by side, the first Spider-Man movie was better than the first Captain America. Oh, sure. uh, Win- Winter Soldier was better than, um, uh, what was the second one called, um, Far From Home. Spider-Man mm-hmm. Far From Home. So Winter sure. Soldier was better than Far From Home. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, nothing. whoa! No, no, no! I, I don't agree. I don't whoa, agree. What? With, with what? what you're about to say? Because you're you're about to say Spider-Man was better than the Civil War. I don't
1: agree. It was Spider-Man. 3 was, yes, Spider-Man: No agree. Way Home was better no. than Civil War. Yes. I don't agree.
0: I don't agree. Civil War. Civil War, Civil War was that shit, nigga. That introduced it, it was. Spider-Man. It was. That introduced one of, Spider-Man.
1: That's one of the best Marvel projects out of their entire like. You know, um, what you call the franchise.
0: But I I'm telling know. you, bro. I'm telling you, the more I watch that no way home movie, it don't age well, dog. We get our we get our Spider-Man back with uh Toby and we get him with Andrew Garfield. But I'm telling you, the way Peter loses his aunt, bro, and how dumb he is in that fucking movie is not as good as Civil War, bro. I promise you.
1: Because he had to grow. He's he no, he's still a kid, bro. He's still a kid. <laughs>
0: But yeah, so you get a rankers, and then my next one I have one has to go. For this one, it was Disney Channel edition. So one has to go. So the the options are Hannah Montana, That So Raven, Wizards of Waverly Place, and we got Sweet Life on. What is it? Sweet Life of Zach and Cody or Sweet Life on Dead? Let's see which one is this is. Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. So Wizards out of those of Waverly four,
1: Place gotta go. <laughs> It's not even close. I love Wizards you, of Waverly Place. It
0: ain't close. If tri- it was sweet
1: if if it was Sweet Life on deck, then yeah, that gotta go. But the original Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, I'm not putting Wizards of Waverly place over that. I'm not You're
0: crazy. No,
1: And I'm not, I'm not putting Hannah it over Montana Hannah Montana. got to go.
0: Hannah Montana got to go. No, you crazy no, shit. No. Hannah Montana got to go. We'll talk about Hannah this. Hannah we'll talk about go. this later. Hannah Montana got to go. What are you talking no, about? No. Hannah Montana got to go, bro. We got classics. Wiz- Where's not many classic songs ba- we got do from Hannah Montana. Do you Wizards of Waverly Place movies, no, my nigga? The Wizards of Waverly Place movies. Nobody remembers
1: the movie. I swear to God, I do. I do.
0: A real nigga like me do.
1: Ask anybody else. Nobody yes. remembers the, the Wizards of Waverly Place. Selina, that's
0: how Selena Gomez really got on the map. My nigga, what you mean? And
1: Hannah Montana was on the, Miley Cyrus was on the map from episode Y'all one. Y'all like stop her for playing. the music. Stop what about the show though? The we show was fire. Show.
0: The show was fire. What are you talking it about? It wasn't Wizards of Waverly Place. She had the it it Jonas than Brothers
1: than... on there. Nah. She, bro, stop talking. You yeah. tripping it was, it right It wasn't better,
0: was better than Wizards of Waverly Place. Hannah bro.
1: Montana is a it legendary was good. show. Stop.
0: It was good. And so was Wizards of Waverly Place. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Respect these niggas. I am.
1: You're just tripping by saying it's better than Hannah Montana, and it's not. It's the fourth best out of these four shows. It's the fourth best. It's the fourth best.
0: Hannah Montana gotta go. If I grew up without Hannah Montana, I would be fine. If I grew up without Wizards of Waverly Place,
1: if I I grew grew up without Wizards of Waverly Place, I would be fine.
0: You crazy as hell, my nigga. That shit kind of introduced you to that Harry Potter shit. If we keep it in being, no it did it. Yes, it did. Harry Potter no, came out way Harry before. God, what what you talking no, about? no, no, no. This shit came out in like oh, 07, my nigga. What you mean? Harry Potter has been out since
1: 2001. What are you talking about? Oh, damn, you right.
0: I'm about to say, what are you talking about? I'm a
1: Harry Potter stand. What are you talking about? Harry Potter. Got <laughs> oh, like no, you right. The,
0: book, <laughs> the books were out longer than that. <laughs> Wizards of Waverly Place was still fire. Fuck you, nigga. That shit was still fire. <laughs> I was still, tell to get the fuck out of there. I
1: can't
0: believe I, you I damn sure forgot where Harry Potter came out. I damn sure forgot. I can't you believe you nigga. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, that was my introduction to Wizards, my nigga. I didn't watch <laughs> Harry Potter until long after that shit. Or long after this show. It's All tripping. right. And moving on. If you could go back in time with no repercussions, what event would you want to witness? And what movie should get a remake?
1: So the first question I proposed was because, you know, all these movies and shows, when people go back in time, there's all these major things that you can't do and shouldn't do. They're like, don't step on this or don't talk to this person because you're going to change the entire scope of life as we know it. But if you could go back in time with no repercussions, like nothing bad will happen no matter what you do, what event would you want to witness? I think I would want to be... I think the event I would want to witness, I would want to see from a sports perspective. I have to see at least one year of Jordan playing in his prime, at least one year. From a sports perspective, from an mm-hmm. entertainment perspective, I got to mm. see Michael Jackson that person I'm about at. To that say, Super I to I, I, yeah. I got to see Michael Jackson at that Super
0: Bowl, bro. Yeah, it got to be at that Super Bowl too. Damn. What what would I want to go back to witness? So I got to be like, you got to be older than me, I would assume. Um, uh, I no, don't know.
1: And, and something just for, I mean, I wouldn't want to go back to this time period, but if I Cause I'm about say, to say, I'm my, not going
0: back to slavery in the civil rights days. I ain't oh, going nah. back to that
1: time, yeah. I'll go back to the civil rights days just so I can be in one Black Panther meeting with Fred Hampton. I promise Ooh. to God, that's something I would want to do for real. I would want to, I would want to sit in one Fred Hampton Black Panther meeting.
0: Mm, That's a good one, bro. Because Huey P. Newton is my favorite historical figure, so I would probably have something along those signs, them same lines, bro. Damn. Mm, I would, mm, would it be Malcolm X related? I don't know. Do I want to keep it in politics? I don't know. Because I, I can't really think of anything else. I haven't really thought about it. But,
1: but you have to think about that. There's there's huge political moments, there's huge sports moments, huge entertainment moments. Just what, what event would you want to witness?
0: if I'm keeping it a beam, if I had a bird's eye view of 9-11, bro, that would be some wild Ooh. shit to see. That would be some wild, imagine having a bird's eye view. You're not the one getting killed though. Obviously you're away from the action, but you seeing everything happen Ooh. that's in front of you, that seems like some wild shit to see. Would you be traumatized? For sure. But that's some shit that I would want to witness and how that shit actually played out and how everything like transpired. Cause I was legit when that that shit actually it, happened, so yeah, I, we, I don't we, even was, remember too much of what happened. happened. So I would like to actually have a bird's eye view of how everything came down, if the plan going into the huts, river, like all that shit. So I would say 9-11. because
1: people don't usually think about going to see traumatic events. Mm-hmm. so excuse me so that's something that that really stuck out to me when you said that because it's like damn people don't usually say that we usually want to see the best of the best yeah. but you really want to see a historical moment that really shook because that changed a lot of shit
0: yeah changed is...
1: everything changed tsa mm-hmm. as we know it exactly so, mm-hmm. so so that that's a fire take that's a fire mm-hmm. take so i would say TSA. the second question of what movie should Get a remake we always talk about What movies shouldn't be redone What shows shouldn't be brought back or Rebooted or whatever but I was thinking I was trying to figure out what I would Want to see a remake Of mm. Um What would I want to see a remake of I, And I couldn't think of An a answer then and it's hard for me to Think of one now because we always say what well, I don't Want to see again but I'm pretty sure there's certain Things we would want to see again
0: if I could see a how high two with the original cast, dog. That's mm. one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, I would say that. Cause they had they got their they had that rebooted version with DC Young Fly and yeah. all that other bullshit. But nah, like the original Ooh. cast, I feel like that would be fire.
1: All about the Benjamins. If they redid Ooh. all about the Benjamins, that, that shit fire, would be though. fire. Or or if they would have did a second one after the first one, that yeah. shit would have been fire. Ice Cube. Fire. Ice Cube, if you were listening you should keep that in your back pocket. All About
0: the Benjamins 2? That can still the, work. The movie ended to where I could see them doing a second one. Yeah. Cuz but I, that's kind of like he, Bad Boys now. They kind of like there was kind of in a Bad Boys type of vibe. No, no but they
1: they could um they could do it with new characters. I'm not saying Ice Cube and Mike Gonsalves oh, have to be in it, but they okay. could be like the directors and executive producers oh, gotcha. behind uh, behind the All About Ooh. the Benjamins 2. That shit would be Fire, bro! Because they the way they ended it, Bookham wanted his own PI firm, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and who knows what what Reggie Wright doing? Is he working with Bookham now? Is he mm-hmm. is he just living mm-hmm. off of his lottery money or whatever? Like they could be in the movie, but they could be OGs, oh, and it could be bro all about the business too, bro. That shit would be fire, or or just a, a rebrand of the original. Like if they revamped it because the original mm-hmm. one came out like twenty years ago at this point. Damn
0: near so yeah I can't really think of anything I wanted to be remake cause I feel like they're remaking everything and I don't want it so a lot of I don't want remakes <laughs> just make some original shit but that's fire though All About the Benjamins do sound
1: if fire, I had to fire. if I had to say what I wanted remade All About the Benjamins that shit would be fire that's not fine
0: and moving on to entertainment and current events we have NBA Top Shot getting sued
1: yeah, so um, if you guys remember NBA Top Shot, we talked about it like a year or two, yeah, about two years ago when it first launched as a NFT thing. Uh, so it says off of the Verge website, a judge allowed a lawsuit accusing Dapper Labs, who was the CEO of NBA Top Shot, of selling unregistered securities to um to proceed despite arguments that the NFT moments are just like baseball cards. So the plaintiffs who are suing NBA Top Shot are suing them because they think um, they think NBA Top Shot is basically trying to have a stocks and bonds type of selling mechanism for their website when that's not the case. The lawyers for um, Dapper Labs and Dapper Labs himself have come out and said the court said these are not um, – securities like stocks and whatnot that are being traded these are basically just real these are basically video moments that we are just selling to buyers that they could trade amongst themselves it's not an actual security stock or bond or bond that um you can like actually have um you know uh, accumulate more wealth in that sense of trading so mm-hmm. i i I, I thought it was interesting because um, the plaintiffs have been saying that they've been ho- withdrawing not they've been keeping people from withdrawing their money from NBA Ooh. top shot. So that's where it gets spicy. So mm-hmm. even though they're not treating it like stocks and bonds, people are not able to get their money out and it's hundreds of thousands of dollars that have accumulated from these NBA top shot video moments that people are not getting their money for or it's taking forever for them to get their money. So it's an interesting thing because it's like everybody's on this NFT wave, this e-commerce, you know, um, Bitcoin and whatnot. And this is the thing that people are afraid of. What if I can't get my money? We've seen it happen with the other, um, you know, Dogecoin and Ethereum and stuff where people are having issues getting their money. Now it's with NBA Top Shot and NFTs. That That's going to make people not want to get into this virtual currency, bro. If there's no guarantee, I'm going to get my money. I have to look at thousands of dollars sitting there when I can't get it. That's a big issue, bro.
0: Especially when you don't know the value of anything that you're buying, truthfully. That's exactly. honestly a hurtful thing as well, bro. And um, this honestly kind of sounds like the FTX situation and like the crypto.com. Like how they. Mm-hmm. this is, sounds like when they went bankrupt and how... The, the owners of those companies was, like, fleeing the country, stealing people's money. People couldn't withdraw. That sounds like that same type of formula to this story of, like, people can't withdraw their money. If they do get their money, it's, like, way after they requested it to be withdrawn. Like, I don't know. This this Everything is shady with crypto now. I remember, like, a couple years ago, crypto was, like, at its peak of, like, damn, niggas was really thinking about crypto being the future. Now it's, like, it's so many holes in this shit where I can't see this shit really being the future of anything, bro. Unless you have you have to regulate it somehow, that's the only way crypto or the only way that something like this can be like regulated. This I don't I honestly don't know how this became like a a crypto currency type of thing because this is should only be like a a card. This is like just like you buy cards and you could easily buy cards and like get your money back. This is this is the only thing that NBA Top Shot should be. Like I don't know why it's become something like a cryptocurrency. But that's how a lot of people were treating it when it first came out. A lot of people were trying to get big into the stocks and the crypto. So they treated NBA Top Shot like that same thing. And it was it, it was always a weird concept to me. That's why I never really dove into NBA Top Shot. And that's honestly why crypto was on the downslide to this day. So nobody really knows any value. And it's just sketchy all around
1: yeah the so, people up top they're the only people really making money for real with it so exactly
0: <laughs> and you see how they're taking advantage of you too you can't get your money out they've got your money and they they fucking around with it you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. they can easily call bankrupt and you don't get your money back so you know hey bro there's so many ways they can take advantage dog Shit crazy and uh moving on to instagram so instagram is selling verification for 11.99 i think that's something that's going to start off in like the next couple of weeks i believe But a lot of people are starting to question, is it like the new Twitter blue? Because Twitter blue had the same type of thing pop off like a couple of months ago. So many critiques have come of Twitter blue because it really doesn't give you anything except a check, a check mark by your name. And it's like, you get a couple of perks. You know what I'm saying? You get to edit the shit, but nothing real crazy. But I'm hearing that Instagram is kind of an improved version of the, uh, of Twitter blue. So I'm hearing that you can have like a, upgrade in terms of outreach and it's going to really increase authenticity so it says you got to be verified with the government issue id it's also going to give increased visibility access to advanced support and protection against accounts pretending to be you so it's not Mm -hmm. as simple as twitter twitter blue is way more that comes into it than just you know what i'm saying you, you get to edit you get a check more and nothing else really comes with it like you get more support you get more of a outreach to more people who weren't really checking on your shit before like that's something that i feel like more people would buy into than twitter blue you know what i'm saying especially with a static website like twitter nobody's really gaining twitter followers by the day
1: mm-hmm.
0: so uh, that's just
1: I, I think it's i think it's interesting um it's just hard for me to want to subscribe to paying for a social media that i'm doing for free i don't know it, it would take something way more way more impactful than any of those little things for me to just want to pay to subscribe to be verified you get what i'm saying so mm-hmm. I don't it know. would work for I, business
0: i think this is more so for businesses though more so it is for people because I yeah. think from, from, from stuff like, um, the explore page, you can get, no you can get noticed at a high rate. You really don't need this type of Instagram, uh, Instagram prom or whatever, but I feel like for businesses, for podcasts, if you want to upgrade an outreach, if you want more support, if you want, like in, in terms of more visibility, I think it's good for that because if you just go on by your followers, you're not outreaching to that many people. You're not getting, you're not touching that many, you know what I'm saying? Getting in front of that many faces. So I think for podcasts, for businesses, for cooking channels, you know what I'm saying? Especially for people who love to do reels. This is something that I feel like will become a real popular thing down the line. I think everybody who currently has their check marks, who currently has their uh their verification is gonna keep it. It's not gonna be like Twitter. I know Twitter is going to take their their check marks away from like the legacy users uh coming up pretty soon. But I think everybody's gonna keep their stuff, but you can just be added to like the verification list. So it sounds interesting bro i'm not mad at it and moving on to are we in the last days of people going inside restaurants
1: yeah so i posed this question because um the mcdonald's over here on 34 south next time you drive by it bro just look at the mcdonald's sign it no longer says mcdonald's guess what it says what mcdelivery
0: i've never noticed that <laughs> i've never noticed that
1: I promise to God, drive by that McDonald's sign on 34th Street South. It says "McDelivery." It does not say McDonald's anymore because we we walked past it when we walked over to Starbucks, and I had up. I was like, "The hell! Like, why are they changing the sign?" And I started thinking, I'm like, "Damn, are they just preparing themselves to not have anybody walk in here anymore?" Because you got to think about it. Think about when, and and this is for like the real fast food chains. This isn't for like Fresh Kitchen or Chipotle or nobody like that where people still eat inside for the most part. But think about McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, KFC, like places, Popeye's, places like that. People really just go to the drive-thru, or if they do walk inside, they're walking in to pick up their order and they're walking out. So is there... Are we in the days, are we in the ending days of where you can go inside and sit down in a McDonald's and eat? Are they going to start reconstructing the buildings to where they only have a small space for people to walk inside? There, I think we'll get to a point where, bro, majority of these fast food restaurants, it's just going to be majority kitchen and room for staff to move about and do staff things. There'll I think it's going to be an opportunity for you can walk in and pick your food up but that's it. That's what
0: I that's what I said. It's going to it's going to turn like fully automated, bro, where you could probably put your order in on the inside cuz I think people still want to have that experience of like going in because the lines be so long and shit like that. You want to have that other option of going inside of yeah. and taking your order. But I think it could be way more automated of like nigga, it's not going to be anybody at the front desk like, like an actual cashier that takes your money. You going to have to go to the screens like they have on the inside and place your order that way and then your order is going to come out and like a a certain section and you get it and you leave it's not going to be as much uh like a cashier to client type of perspective mm-hmm. it's going to be like you talking the screen you trying to figure out your order and you just pick up your food like it's going to be that type of movement it's not going to be as yeah as people and not as human interaction as before I think that's what we could be looking at, because you still gotta have that other option of like the line is super long, man. I ain't sitting in this shit. I feel like you could lose business by not having that option of going inside, even though you can get more automated and more efficient with the inside. You you still have to have that option, though. Hmm.
1: Cause everybody I, I don't want to
0: play them delivery charges either.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's interesting because McDonald's, you know, they got their own delivery service, and I don't know if it's everywhere, but it's in certain places. So mm-hmm. uh, I just thought that was interesting. Cause I'm like, damn, like, what if, what if you just start seeing that on every fast food major billboard, like McDonald's just says "McDelivery." It doesn't say McDonald's now. Burger King, like, they come up with a slogan or whatever for their their new way of ordering and mm-hmm. um. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. I'm like, damn, they already look boring as hell. These restaurants look square. They look like square corporate boxes now. They don't even look Mm -hmm. like fast food places anymore.
0: But that's the same way that Mr. Beast's uh, operation is set up. His operation is like fully like Delivery, DoorDash, all that type of shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like you don't you don't walk to his place and like actually get your food in order. Like everything is through DoorDash, and niggas pick up their food and send it out to you. So there's there's options out there for you if you're into that type of, you know, what I'm saying automation and efficiency. There are places like that already. I don't know if that's going to be the popular thing moving forward, but it's like I said, Mr. Beast is somebody one of the first people I know who was on that wave. So mm-hmm. that shit dope. All right, and moving on to Past the Ox, what you got for song of the week?
1: uh first song is meek mill what's free featuring rick ross and jay-z one of the hardest verses jay-z has ever um written and uh summer walker no love featuring
0: scissor i have no moss by grip and i have Damn, will I say G shit by Webby? Give me G Shit by Webby mm, I'll, I'll that's say those
1: two. A legendary track. Uh, no, nah, for sure
0: it is. <laughs> that's for sure legendary Webby. But those are my two songs of the week. And moving forward, what we got for movie and show reviews?
1: Snowfall is on as we speak. The premiere um episodes are going on right now. So we're finna tune into that and we'll have a review out for that as soon as possible. We just recorded for Ant-Man and the Wasp. So we'll have that review on um, coming out for y'all shortly as well. Uh, Glass Onion, I'm going to try to watch that this weekend, so that way we can go ahead and get that one out for y'all as well.
0: Yes, sir. And we just recorded that Ant-Man one too, bro, so that one should be uh pretty soon as well. So definitely stay tuned for that. And we appreciate you guys for listening and watching. And we out. Peace.